welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. Your Cancer Guy. And as I say every single time, we have another phenomenal guest. This time we are traveling. This gentleman has traveled from San Diego to Utah. So we're taking our talents to Utah to find out more about this next guest. But let me tell you about him a little bit. Right. It's important that you get a little bit a bit of background. You know, when you're talking about YouTubing, you're talking about getting and searching. How many of us go to YouTube? All of us. Right. We search for different things. Well, this next guest is by profession, a YouTube coach. He helps people flourish in their business on YouTube. Now, that's a phenomenal that's a phenomenal skill to have. Right. But his animation, his energy about how to fight and beat cancer is even more phenomenal. Like, I love that about him. You know, I've just, in just a short period of time, you can feed off of that. He says to me, any cancer at any stage can be beatable. That's the kind of mindset that you want to have, right? You want to make sure that if you get diagnosed, the fear, right? The fear of having cancer is overwhelming sometimes, but somehow you have to show the resilience, bounce back and come in and go, no, no matter what, no matter what stage I'm at, I can get through this. Yeah. I can make this happen. And so that's who we're bringing on to our, for our next guest. We're going to be showing you, and, and, and hopefully this interview gives you the power that you need so that you can move forward on your cancer journey. So again, let's bring on this next guest. I'm bringing the next, this man, his name is Owen. Owen, welcome to All Talk Oncology, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, Kenny. It's great to be here um, and to, you know, dive into some real topics, man, for sure. Yes. Oh, and you're a beast, man. I, I tell you, you know what? I mean, I, I, I say that for on so many levels, right? Oh, and I mean, to be, to take different talents, to take different businesses and then grow them. I, yeah. I know as a, as a person who has a business, you want, you want to thrive. Yeah, right? you want to do that. But not only do you do that, here you are, you're a fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you don't give up. And your story about how you came and fought through this cancer is, is amazing. You know, so Owen, talk to us a little bit about you. Enough of me talking. Talk to me a little bit about you, who Owen is, what was Owen doing prior to being diagnosed? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I was a kid for Christmas, I was very young. We weren't, we weren't very, we didn't have a lot of money, right? We were kind of poor. So there was only two big presents under the Christmas tree that year. There was a Nintendo and there was a video camera. And this is the first time Nintendo had ever come out, right? Video cameras, big block, shoulder mounted cameras. Well, I fell in love with that video camera and I began filming videos and sketch comedy and stop nation analog like you, you you take a picture of the legos and then move them a little bit like take a picture again and like the camera would put all that together for you i never stopped and so um i got involved very early on on youtube and and filming companies and helping them to, like launch youtube channels we've made millions of dollars we've got millions and millions of views and um, and I mentioned that because it was a it was a key part of my journey, you know, um, first of all, like I didn't have the luxury of a private um, diagnosis. You know what I mean? Like um, at the time of my first diagnosis, I went through chemotherapy and radiation. So I went bald like on air and 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 I used YouTube. I started a channel just 
explaining my journey and like I'd cry on camera. I like, just got back from chemo and all this stuff. But like, you guys don't understand. And so like, I had this, this journey kind of filmed of, of my, um, uh, of the process. And that, that's something that came back, uh, back around. So I did chemo, I did radiation, uh, went through a brutal, brutal year. My body changed in ways for, from which it's never fully recovered. Um, and when I got done with that, they never told me that my disease was gone or that I was better. They just said I was done with treatment. And they had me ring a bell. And it was all very confusing. It's like, wait, am I done? Am I better? Or like, what do I do now? And they just sent me on my way. Never received a follow-up call. There was never an email that like, hey, a checkup, right? Um, they just kind of walked out of our lives four and a half years later. Um, we had just moved to Utah and I was diagnosed again. Like I fell apart the next day. I fell apart again. Um, stage four terminal cancer. Um, I asked her how many tumors I was trying to like, keep it all together. And she goes, um, there's too many to count. They're like freckles. And, uh, and that was the beginning of, of my next journey. And all that time, like I was still running YouTube channels and YouTube shows. I had a show, I had a live show I was performing. I'm like, what am I going to do? You know? So tell me, I mean, I want to make sure I, I understand this correctly. So you went through treatments, you gone through that. And then right away you were diagnosed again. Or was that four years later? Four years later. Yeah. I was diagnosed with cancer twice in my life. Once um, I, I believe I was in my like early thirties did everything their way, did everything that they told me to do, went through a period of four and a half years. And in that four and a half years, um, I had nothing but health problems. I was in and out of the hospital multiple times, angioplasties, the radiation had destroyed uh, my, my venal system up here in the chest. I was having all of these heart problems, you know, um, and then recuperating from the chemotherapy and the trauma, bro, like, the the fear, like, there was no one ever to tell me about, like, hey, you will be wrapped up in fear for the next foreseeable future, right? Like, you are going to war. And whereas our, our soldiers that go to war, right, they've got other soldiers and a support system and brothers in arms right there in the, in the, in the foxholes next to them. When you're going through cancer, man, like you're alone, right? Like nobody understands what you're going through. And then even when you get to the infusion therapy room, half those people are asleep, they're grumpy, they're angry. And I knew that if I was going to beat cancer the second time, right, that I was going to have to have a support system. I was going to have to be locked in arms. And that's the first thing that I did is, uh, is I started gathering a, support group and and that support group had to like we had to have a conversation about the etiquette right um there were treatments in this room that were not going to be accepted right we were going to do things a certain way and we there could never like you, you if you were going to be here and be a part of this inner circle right with me it was like it's constant encouragement constant prayer um constant uplifting like nothing gets us down um even when it gets bad you know, and I'll tell you what, Kenny, for me, it never got worse than the initial diagnosis the second time. It was bad. It was bad. They sent me home to die. 
And I went through a period of weeks where I believed them. You know, it wasn't like I was like, you know, yip de doo like, let's go. I'm going to be a hero. Like, no way. I, I left the hospital speeches, had to drive, had to drive with my wife that, that 40 minutes home, man. Like, um, just an incredible, incredible journey and process. It's cancer is more than broccoli, man. Like, you got to fight that emotional fight that says, like, you know, those doctors do not get to decide what my future is, right? Um, and that's the process I went through. It, it took a while to get there, though. That part, that's the part, Owen, right? Because I can only imagine sitting there and then getting that information for the second time. Yeah. But you, you, touched on, you touched on two things that people need. One, you talked about your support system. And we're yeah. going to dive into that a little bit on how someone can start formulating their support system, right? Because that's extremely important. And then number two, that 40-minute drive that you're talking about from the news back to your home, and then you deciding at some point that you're not going to accept defeat, right? You're not going to accept, hey, this is the end of the, my story. Like, how do we get through that? So I want to dive yeah. into that. So, so two, one, let's talk about how you were able to get into that circle and, and bring that support system and that, and then putting the rules and the policies in place for that. Let's talk about yeah. that. It can, if I can bounce around a little bit, um, yeah, for sure. you know, because one preceded the other, right? Mm. So, so I went home into this place of just darkness and depression and look, I am a deep man of faith, right? I believe in the Lord, right? Like I go to church and I worship with my hands up. In fact, you know, when I first got my diagnosis, I knew I was sick because I couldn't put my hands up. I was putting my hands up at church. I was like, man, my hands, like, it feels like I've had my hands raised all day, you know? And like my, they shake, oh my gosh, it was like this whole myasthenia gravis was, was the diagnosis there, which is very common with the thymoma um, diagnosis. And, and I didn't know that at the time, but I, I learned that moving forward. So I mentioned that because my, my faith in God and, and his character had become, had shaken. And, and, and I, that concerned me deeply, right? Like I, I was here, I am going through this process and I'm just like, where is God in all this? Like God is just going to sit and let me like serve in church and, and raise my kids and make decisions towards a family and like, you know, do all these things that I thought would, 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 would spare me from trials of this magnitude. And, and here I am in a place where I don't even, I didn't even think I could pray because like, how could I pray to this God that has now condemned me to death? Right. And I was in a place of darkness, bro. Um, uh, screaming at, in the backyard, like, you know, my son, like what, like my son needs a father. And I'm like, literally like going through this process of being super, super angry, you know, and in, and in all that time, the Lord, I, I believe never left me, right? Like he was right there kind of like letting his little son who's, you know, I'm in my forties now I'm acting like a child here. And he's just like, okay, when you stop having your temper tantrum, um, I'm going to, I'm going to help you through this. And that's exactly what happened. I was sitting on my, my couch and, and still working, man. Like I would lie around on my couch all day long and they had me on pills and I was just sucking down pharmaceuticals and I would get up 
and I'd put my face on for my YouTube show, right? I've got like a cool little microphone. If you look around my office, I got lights and, and cameras and everything. And I'd come on and I'd be like, hey, welcome to the show today. We're going to show you how to live stream and blah, 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 right? Soon as that was over, right back into depression upstairs, right back into it. And it was in that depression that that still small voice you know, whispered into me. And it was, it was, it was so clear, man. And it was, it was like, get up and beat cancer, right? Like we, there's been enough of this. And, and what I did was I went to Amazon and, and I I had this thought that like other people have beat cancer. And this is a key part of like my business philosophy. My business philosophy is you can, someone did right? Like whatever it is you're looking to do, you can do that. And someone else already did it, right? I, I'm very, very, you, you know, firm on that. Like, even if it's like, well, I want to have a parade with a thousand clowns. It's like, dude, you can do that. And someone already did that. They had 500 clowns, but you can set the world record, have a thousand there. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you can, someone did. It's just like, man, you can beat cancer. Someone did beat cancer. And, you know, I was like, wait, I've heard of lots of people beating cancer. And as all this thoughts processed in my, in my head. So I go to Amazon and I search for, um, I think, how to beat cancer. And then I found a book called uh, How to Starve Cancer by Jane McClellan. And it was about her journey from stage four terminal cancer um, to, um, a, she's wonderful, um, thriving uh, cancer coach, speaker. Um, author, she's phenomenal. She'd be a great guest on this show. Um, but I read her book and I didn't buy it that day. You know what I did? I bought it and I I I kind of went back to my my chair life, right? Well, the book came, I I poured through it, and I learned about off-label drugs. And and that that was the starting point for me. So that began my journey into metabolic and alternative um, uh, cancer treatments. As I continued that journey, I was like, I need a team, right? She had a very solid team of people in her, in her ne- network. And she's, she talked about that a lot. So I got a lot of family that are nurses. And um, at this point, I had not decided not to do chemo. I was, I was actually, you know, you get diagnosed and they start the scheduling process, right? Like it just begins and it almost can steamroll you if you're not careful. But I had those dates already set up and I did do chemo three times in my second diagnosis. Uh, very, very low dose. It was called palliative chemo. Uh, it was a 15 minute drip and the, the whole idea is that it would stop the myasthenia gravis, right? It, there was never an intention uh, to, to defeat my cancer through, through chemotherapy, right? Like, in fact, when I reduced my tumor load 30%, my doctor goes, I just want to remind you that this is not beatable. And, and she, was, she was very clear with me throughout the entire process until we finally left her, which is about a year, year and a half. Um, She's like, there's, there's no way out of this, right? Like it's, it's going to take your life. So yeah, bro, brutal. 
right? Like just all the time having to deal through that. So it's like, how am I going to like, I want my nurse family and friends to be a part of this, but we can't do this thing where medical insurance is the only way, right? We had to do a thing where everything was open and everything was allowed to be discussed. And I had everybody get the book Radical Remission. And here, here's what I said to my friends and family. I said, look, um, if you would like to walk with me in this journey, and I want you to be there for me, I, wanna, I want to, to hold you, I want to cry with you. Like I knew already what the journey was like. Um, and I had decided in my mind that like, if God wanted me to go through this cancer thing, this chemo thing over and over again until he took my life, like I would do that. That it was not my responsibility to sit and die that bad stuff's going to happen to me throughout my whole life. And you know what, Kenny, my whole life, bad stuff has happened to me, right? Like I, I didn't have the greatest childhood. I didn't get the, 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 the greatest high school experience. I was thrown out of high school. I was kicked out of my elementary school, right? All the while, my parents, like they had very little attention to what I was doing. They had their own addictions that they were dealing with, you know? Um, and so I realized like, if I can conquer that, and be like this big YouTube personality, I can certainly beat cancer back for a few more years. I can certainly get a, a few more years than the doctors are telling me. The doctors told me two years to live. And I'm like, what if I could get five? You know, what if I could get 10? And I'm like, okay, so let's start this journey. If you want to be in this circle with me, right? You've got to li listen to the first chapter of the book, Radical Remission. And in that book, she goes through summaries of people who have beat cancer and the nine commonalities that they share between them. Just the first chapter, right? I was like, just listen to that so that you know where our heart is. You know that our philosophy of where we're coming from, right? And every single person that I sent that to was like, I'm in. And even though I know, you know, eventually when I stopped doing chemo after the third time, I know that my sister struggled with it. Because she did chemo for her son and, and it got him, it got him to, he's alive today. He's also, he's got a lot of health problems today, you know, um, grateful to be alive. I know that, but in her mind, chemo gets you there. In my mind, like it's not going to get me there though. And I'm going to need other things. And, and she was so supportive, um, willing to like let go what she knew to be best for her and support me. And in fact, <clears throat> I even got her to do a plant-based diet for like three months. So nice. there you go. Nice. You know, that, that's, a, that's phenomenal, right? Because to have the mindset that regardless of what happens and in, in, in this situation, I'm going to support Owen. And, and I think that's what happens, right, Owen? I think the people who you think are going to be a part of your support system are some of the times, sometimes are the people that let you down. And yeah. so for, for someone to come in and adopt the things that you're putting in place, I need you to read this book. I need you to understand the type of mindset I need around me. And yeah. everyone, everyone comes in and does that. Uh, it just says, it just says how much they love you. Yeah, you know, and I'll tell you, feeling love from people um, as part of my trauma, you know, part of um, beating cancer is going back and dealing with the thing in your mind that drives you to behaviors that grow cancer, right? Um, 
and I'm getting deep here, but like, I recognize that, that like, I had all these people that loved me, you know, and I never seen them before. I never saw them before. Like all my business friends and my work friends, right? Pretty big YouTubers. Um, they're, they're people that people would know, right? They're people that, that, that people listen to on Spotify, um, or they see their videos on um, uh, Facebook Reels, right? You see some of the, the the stuff. And those people reaching out to me from their mansions, I'm not like them, right? Like I work with people like them, um, but I'm not like them, right? I'm not a big, I don't, my channel's not huge, right? I have, a, I have a big channel for most people, but like, it's not as big as theirs, you know what I mean? Like um, for them to like take time out of their day to write me and to be like, bro, I just heard. You know, um, that was huge. And, and I have to mention this, my boy, Daryl Eves. Okay. So Daryl, Daryl is the executive producer for a TV show called the chosen. And he also is the manager for Mr. Beast's YouTube channel. Now you, you, you and I, you and I might not watch too much Mr. Beast, but, but our kids know who Mr. Beast is, right? Like, just like when, 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 you know, we were kids, we knew who Eddie Murphy was, right? We knew who Tim Allen was like, these guys know who Mr. Beast is. Um, so that guy's been my close friend for years. He's like a brother to me. And he reached out to me. And he said to me, um, he said, I want you to know that I'm going to take care of your wife, no matter what happens. Like your wife is, is she's going to be okay. Um, the next thing is that we're going to get you through this. I'm going to raise the money and I don't need you to do anything. He said, okay. And I was like, okay. And then he hung up the phone. So what happened next was incredible is all of these YouTubers, um, uh, you know, Daryl Eves, Nick Nimmin, Daniel Batal, these guys got together with other YouTubers. Um, and one, they gathered items for auction. And two, they gave those things away and raised $120,000 in 24 hours um, for my, my therapy. Wow. Now, I want to say this. A lot of that I still have today. And I, I think that that's very important because when people hear about beating cancer without insurance, paying for it, they, they think about it being very expensive and it's not that expensive, right? Like it's, it's going to cost you some out of pocket cash for sure. Um, but there are payment plans for those types of things. And it's not that much money. Like I, I just want people to, to be encouraged. Oh, that's how you beat cancer. You had all these famous people raise money for you. We still have a lot of it, okay? And it's there for a rainy day, folks, right? Um, and two, we were able to invest in things like a hyperbaric chamber and supplements that we continue to use to this day, right? Like beating cancer is stepping away from an old life and into a new life. And in the new life, you're not eating fast food, right? So boom, how much did you save that per month, right? In the new life, you're not drinking anymore. So, oh my gosh, how much are you saving there? Like, boom, all of a sudden, now you got like 200, 250 bucks um, to spend on, on treatments that can make you feel alive and well and healthy. So 
Yeah, I mean, that that was kind of my feel. I started this by talking about feeling love from people. Like when Daryl and all those people did that, there was something in me that began to break that was like, people love me and would would go to war with me. And, and that's when I was like, man, I went through like a personal transformation. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine. You know, I, I think, I think sometimes I'm sorry, man, I was so caught up in your story. I just, I'll just, I'll just pause that. I think the personal transformation is, 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 is a great way to say that because a lot of times, Owen, we, we don't necessarily, we go through life and not necessarily feeling the love that we need. I mean, I, some yeah. of us, some of yeah. us, right. And when you talked about maybe that was part of your trauma, yeah. you know, as far as the love is concerned, it's amazing what love can do. Right. And so when you started accepting that and you started to be open to people loving you, even in your darkest moment, right. I think, yeah. I think that's a key right there because we, we want people, people love us when we're on top, but will they love us when we're in our darkest oh, moment? Bro. Right. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you the enemy crept into my ear at night, man. Like I, I had to fight demons that were like, and I'm not talking about literal demons that, you know, the, but the voices in your head yeah. and, and the, the, you know, I heard voices telling me you're going to die, but your wife is going to be okay. She's going to meet another man. He's going to love her. He's going to raise your boys and they're going to call him dad. And it was like this evil, discouraging, like, whisper disguised as as um like good news or comfort and it was so twisted man and and i had to go through this process of like the way that i talk to myself and the way that that i carry myself i i i i not only thought that i was un, not not like unlovable you just never think about it when you get diagnosed you're like i'm going to die alone and then all of a sudden, these people are like, no, you're not. 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 It's like, oh, my gosh, I, I had no idea. People that I've known for years are giving me 5000 bucks. And look, I believe that's true for every single person listening to this right now. Those people that gave me 5000 bucks, these, these were not people I expected um, or we were acquaintances in some of these cases. And I believe every person that gets diagnosed with cancer, you should do a fundraiser. And you're, you're, you know, you're going to raise 120,000 like I did. I mean, that would be amazing. Um, you'll probably remember, I didn't do a thing for that. I had that, like he called and took care of that. But what if someone, what if you and your sister did a fundraiser on GoFundMe and you guys just invited everybody to come and you just shared your story and you did the thing, right? Like I believe people, you don't even think about would just throw down a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks or even 5,000 bucks. And you know who it's going to be? It's not going to be your brother-in-law, right? It's not going to be um, your cousin. It, it's more like going to be like your mom's neighbor's son saw the video and he started a, a tech company and he gave the money to his mom, right? Like, 5,000 bucks is not a lot to the right people. 
and it can go a long way. For example, I did uh, vitamin C infusions um, and I also did uh, poly DCA and, and MVA and these like vitamin uh, antioxidant sort of, you guys have maybe heard of like ozone. I didn't do ozone, but like that was one of the things. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was substantial. That was $15,000, you know, but you know, three, three, $5,000 donations like covers that. Um, so, so I believe everybody should do a, a fundraiser and maybe even do one, like every, every couple of years or something like that. Right. Just remind people that you're still in the fight. We did, we did that. We didn't do another fundraiser, but like we, we just, we made sure that we were posting and letting people know, like, we're still in the fight. Like it's not over. I know that you've been seeing me getting better and you see me like losing weight. I dropped 50 pounds in front of everybody. Um, in fact, that was, that was a big breaking moment for us in deciding that we were going to publicly announce it is I was at a conference. My buddy drives up in his big family van, big, I'm cha- I left the pool area, Kenny, cause I was so skinny. I left the pool area to go change in the parking lot because I was so skinny. And I was like, I don't want them to see. Cause I hadn't announced it yet. My buddy pulls up literally. I'm in trunks alone. He pulls up. And he, he likes, what's up? And then I turn around and he's like, oh. And it was this awkward moment with his whole family. And we, we maintained a, a, like a great dialogue, but they went inside and they went to my wife as he's sick again. Right. So, so it was like, obvious, like you go through this in front of everybody. And what you find out is that pe- people love you. <clears throat> and this is where I wanted to go. The ACE questionnaire, you guys got to look that up. If you've been diagnosed or you're fighting cancer now, the ACE questionnaire, Adverse Childhood Experiences Quiz. I heard about this on a podcast and I went and I took it immediately, right? And the the ACE quiz, it asks you about 10 questions. And the more questions you answer yes to, the higher it is your likelihood of cancer and other, other psychological trauma stuff, right? So I go and I take this test. Now here's the crazy part, man. I had to switch all the 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 men to women, right? Have you ever seen your father take drugs? No, but I've seen my mother take drugs. Have you ever seen your father like hit a woman? No, but I've seen my mom hit my dad a lot, right? So I had to switch all of those. The first time I took it, I was like, see, blah, and then I went, wait a minute, my mom did all these things. And I switched it around. I scored a six out of 10. So by this time, I already had cancer um, and I was already fighting it. But then I was learning about the ACE quiz and its connection to cancer. And that began a journey into sort of like the way that I talk to myself and the self-talk that I have. And like, man, I... I really talk to myself as if I'm my own worst enemy. And I, I began, I began to process to change that. I love that. Right. Cause the, would you say, Owen, oh, the things we say to ourselves are extremely important, right? Oh yeah. So, so Owen, oh, it, it, as with, as with a lot of people, you look, you get a chance with a diagnosis of, of cancer, you get a chance to see yourself for who you really are. Yeah. Right. And it's at this point where you're saying, oh, my God, I, this is Owen. 
I need to yeah. make these adjustments. Yeah. You, know, you had some things that helped you along the way to see that, like this test, the ACE test and things like that. But when you get diagnosed, I mean, a lot of times you're faced with yourself oh. and, and, and how do you go about that transformation? Right. And so, so talk to us, you go through this, you get diagnosed a second time, you get them the book, your team is starting to be formulated. Like, how do you switch your mindset to how you're going, right? You're going to yeah. beat this. You're going to fight this. Even though we have who we are looking in the mirror. Does that make yeah, sense? It's, it's tough. No, it's tough because look, I've always been sort of um, <clears throat> a confident person. And, and, you know, going through a diagnosis, it became very clear to me that my confidence was like a paper tiger, right? It, it was sort of this growling lion that if it, that I put up so that people would um, not go any further and and not poke and find out that there's really just a scared little boy in a lion suit mm. out here doing YouTube and out here doing these conferences. And I was terrified, man, terrified that that people would find out that I was just like a fraud, like I don't belong here, um, that I, I don't know, I, I, I started to devalue all my accomplishments. And, and it was like, this is how I lived my life. This was like, even before the cancer diagnosis revealed this to me. And, and that's significant, I think, because I was living a hustle culture life, like go, 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 success, success, only success matters. Even when my kids, I got four beautiful kids, even when my kids were little, they were all little at the same time, right? Sesame Street age. Um, we had lots of little uh, little diaper bodies running all over the house at one time. It was a wonderful time. But like, even then, I, 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 I didn't take time to really cuddle and snuggle with them. I was like, ah, they're, you know, like, let them run, let them play. Like, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go like hustle so that when they're older, like they have a future and they have this thing. And it was really like a scared dad kind of scenario. Um, but I dressed it up in this like virtuous workaholic father. And then like, you know, I'm drinking coffee all day and then to calm down, I'm, I'm going to the bar at night and I'm not over drinking, but you know, I, I'm definitely like, man, I went to the bar three times this week. Right. Like, so I'd get up in the morning, man, and I'd go to the gym and it's like, okay, I got to burn off those calories. And, and I just go, 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 go instead of just like sitting on the couch and putting my lips into the neck of a cute, fat, little two-year-old, you know, <laughs> like I chose to sacrifice that time, you know? Um, and that was what my lifestyle was. And I believe that that all very much contributed to cancer. And so then when I got cancer, you know, I went through this thing of it's over. Like when I got cancer the second time, when I got cancer the first time, it was a different scenario, right? I didn't know anything. Like they were like, we will take care of it. You will get a surgery. You will get chemo and you will get better. Um, and I just believed them. You know, I never even once Googled my cancer um, the, the, the first time, right? Never Googled the, the chemos that they gave me. Um, the second time it was different. You know, it was like, I'm a fraud. Like I went through this whole like process of like, and I can only imagine because I'm a confident guy on the outside. I can only imagine what happens to somebody who's maybe views themselves as overweight and unattractive, right? And then you get a cancer diagnosis and you're like, 
what's the point? Right. Or maybe you're like divorced and you're like, well, I'm alone anyway. In fact, we knew a lady 65 years old. Um, she went to our, uh, a church that we went to years ago. So we kept in touch and she got diagnosed and my wife reaches out to her and she goes, you know, you could beat this at any age and any stage you could beat this. And she goes, you know, she goes, my husband's left me. My children never call. Um, you, you know, I'm old. My body hurts. 65, man. 65. My dad's older than that. My dad's hiking and stuff. Like but she's like, I, you know, there's nothing for me to live for. And within the time, with, within two years, she had passed away. So I go through this process of like the, like the tiger fell apart. Like in my mind, it was like, I can't beat anything. I can't raise my kids. Right. I, I can't, I can't even do church. Right. Obviously God made this happen to me. I was still connecting like my activity to, to you know, to my, all these things. And, and I, I had to like rebuild who I am. And I did that with the help of, of like, um, I went to a therapist for sure. Um, there was a book I read called Braving the Storm by Megan Van Zyl. And I eventually hired Megan Van Zyl. Um, and I feel like you, that was, that was a chunk of our raised money. You know, that was an investment. Um, but I feel like I got such breakthroughs from her book, um, Braving the Storm. And so I recommend you guys get Braving the Storm and the workbook because she, she kind of like connects like how to rebuild your, your, yourself, right? The self. And I did. And I'm in this place now, Kenny, where I really like who I am. I know that I mess up and I know that I do dumb stuff sometimes, you know, like I was fighting with my wife this weekend and, and it's like, it, it's me, bro. Like, you know, it was my bad. And so I, you know, I apologize now instead of like coming out and just pretending like nothing happened and, and whatever, it's like, I need to, I need to apologize to you. You're my love. And I treated you with such disrespect, you know, same thing. Like I, I'll just truth be told, I was a little hangry. I've been eating carrot sticks all day and I need some food. Um, and I'm, I'm barking at my kid, right? Like, rah, 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 you know, and I came back to him later and I was like, sat down on his bed. I said, can I come in? You know? And I was like, Hey, I need to apologize for how I spoke to you. You know, like you're, you're worth more than that. Like you're, you're more valuable than that. Um, I, I more like, I shouldn't demean our family with such anger. It's like, it, you know, it's, it's all my fault, son, you know, and we hugged and we made up and it's like, I feel like those are these little symptoms. People listening, I, I apologize all the time. Great. I, I struggled with it. Right. Because then it, it, it like somehow an apology was an admission of fault or guilt or imperfection. Um, but I've gone through this place now, this like re, 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 reemergence where like, I, I believe that I'm worthy to live beyond cancer. Um, I believe that my life is worth fighting for. Um, I believe that God made me to conquer even this terrible circumstance to enlighten and empower others for his glory, right? Like there are things that I deeply believe that I didn't believe before. You know, and I believed in God before I like, I, but it's like, it, it wasn't like this, 
right? It wasn't like this new resurge, like, wait a minute, like the king of the universe made me for a reason and then allowed me to go through this publicly so that everyone could see what a strong person I am so that I might be influential in their lives. Wow. Right? Like I wake up every day ready to go. And you know what? Like, oh, do you still eat that way? Do you still like do your stuff? Like I'm a different person. I do drink every now and then. I do have a glass of wine every now and then. Truthfully, I don't even really enjoy it. It's more like they're having wine. And so I'll I'll have a cup of wine. Um, But like, I live a healthier life, right? I'm not, I, I, I continue to eat a lot of vegetables. I juice a lot, but, but it's not my full-time routine. You know, I'm not in doctor's offices anymore. I don't take any more pharmaceutical drugs. Um, I take one blood thinner. I take that back. I take a blood thinner because the radiation destroyed my veins and I haven't conquered that mountain yet. Someday I will. Like, I know that I need a blood thinner because my fibrinogen level is like 725. Like, it needs to be brought down. My last one was 215, but I'm on the blood thinner. So it's like, I need to be in a place where my fibrinogen is between 300 and 400 without a blood thinner three months in a row. Like, if I could do that, I could step away from the blood thinner, right? So it's another mountain to conquer. You know, I want to be in a place where I I only need what grows in the ground. Um but I did have to go through a place where I believed that my life was worth saving and that my, my purpose, my mission was bigger than just go to work every day, come home and uh, fall asleep to the TV, right? Like I, I needed a bigger purpose in my life and beating cancer, being an example to my kids of health and healing, um, being a good husband to my wife, like, like, those are all the things that I live for now. And my work fuels those things. Yeah. So tell me, you know, you, you, you formulate this team and you, you get over this negative mindset as far as who you, who you are and how you're going to go about it. Right. Because according to the physician, you only have so much time yeah. to live Two years, but, but you come back, you fight this, you put this team together, you know, how do you, how do you transform? How did you transform that negative mindset to a positive one to where you're telling yourself we're going to thrive? Yeah, it's good. Um, It was it was a combo of um, like first it's learning and becoming aware. Right. Like understand and do what survivors did. Right. Like my doctor, my my primary oncologist became less important to me. She had one solution for me. And when I, when I stopped doing chemo, she had no more solutions and she, she never acknowledged the progress, right? She never like the, the, the tumor shrunk by 30%. She goes, that could have been the chemo. Fair enough. Let's stop the chemo and let's keep going. Um, and, and like even being strong enough to tell her no, right. Or cause people feel pressured. And, and so we like had to learn how to like, we would never say no to her. It was always like, thank you. You've given us a lot to consider. And then if we decided against something, we would, we would tell her in the, in the, um, in the, in the email. Um, and that way we, we avoided a little bit of our stress and anxiety, but, but becoming stronger, right. This was a process of learning and reading uh, about like what survivors did. And so there's, there's a, there's a mental part and there's a physical part, right? Like, you know, we, 
we are psychological beings. We are also physical beings and we're not one or the other, right? Like you are not your body without your mind. You're not your mind without your body. Your body needs your mind uh, to, uh, to fuel and bat. So I had to improve my mind, but I also had to make sure that my body was healthy enough to produce the hormones that would create the right amounts of serotonin, um, and adrenaline in my body, right? Like if I, you, you eat bad foods, you're going to produce hormones consistent with, um, fight or flight and stress, right. Um, an increase in, in, um, um, like a decrease in your vagal nerve and increase in your, um, uh, in your adrenalines and your heart rate and stuff like this. And so even though you want to be at peace, you're still like, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're hangry, right? Like you're, you're, you're like, you love your family, but man, you're angry for no reason. Right. It's like, cause your body needs food. Right. So, uh, green shakes were like an important part of what I did. And I was keto vegan, right. For a while. So it's hard to do shakes because shakes is no fruit, right? Like you can't have any fruit. Um, but making sure I had plenty of greens in my body to detox my body. I, I have a, a what's called a muffer mutation, which means I don't detox well. And uh, I learned that from a book called uh, Dirty Genes by Ben Lynch. And um, so I needed to sweat every day, right? So I started going to the sauna every day, right? And sweating for, for but I didn't sweat. Why? I didn't have enough green shakes. So it's like green shakes to sweat gets the detox out of my body, gets toxins out of my body pushes all the chemo out of my body. So I'm even in a place where I can be in a good mood. Okay. That's number one, like foundational. Two was like constant reminder of my value. Now my value personally comes from the word of God, right? So like I find my value in being a creation, a child of the King. So I need like, I need to read that. I need to read my Bible every day and I need to be reminded of, of who I am and what God has done. So, uh, but in addition to that, right? Like, cause I, I want to be really clear that like, it doesn't end there, right? You got to journal your thoughts. And there's a great book called Miracle Morning that, that talks about like a lot of these different things. He doesn't take it from a faith perspective, but it's, it's like read something that motivates you and inspires you, then write it right down your thoughts. So I developed this really solid morning routine. In fact, my website is beatcancerwithme.com, and I offer this supplement guide. If you get the supplement guide, there's my daily routines in there too. Um, but it was like, it was like, uh, wake up, and I had a whole bunch of stuff there because like, don't wake up to an alarm. You have to learn how to do that. But like, anyway, it was like, wake up at a, at a certain time, and it was like, first thing you do is put your eyes in the Word of God. So I would wake up, make coffee. And then I would read the Bible while, and I'm going through like a series, right? It's like, I'm going to read the Old Testament or I'm going to read like this right now. Like, so it's not purposeless, right? It's like, I'm going to read, but what I started in the book of Joshua because Joshua had to cleanse the land, right? Like Moses got them out of Egypt into Israel, but now they had to like tame that land. And there was like wicked beasts and all sorts of stuff there. So like, I'm, I'm going to read about that journey, right? Like that warrior. So I'm like drinking coffee, reading about a warrior, right? And it started there. And then I went through like a, the whole, the whole, like I'm in, um, I'm in uh, Jeremiah right now. And that all began way, you know, way back then. But here's the thing is it's like make coffee, read my Bible, um, sit in my sauna. And in my sauna, I would, I would listen to inspirational music on YouTube no music or no words, just like 
the theme song to last of the Mohicans, you know, like, or the theme song to, to these various like suspense movies. So it's like, you're in this kind of like universe where your mind is, is moving and you've had coffee now and I'm journaling my thoughts. And like, as I'm journaling, it's just like, it's like this whole motivational thing. I the tiger kind of thing, you know? Um, and, and check this out. I developed a, a habit. I have, I have dry erase markers in my sauna and on my bathroom mirror where if I'm writing something that's like big, that's like, I want this to guide me right now, I'd write it on my mirror. So now when I, when I like, I would write on my sauna door, things like, um, you can crush anything like disease ain't nothing but a thing. And it's like, you were born for this kind of thing. And I would just write that on my, I do the same thing on my, on my bathroom mirror as well. I'm getting ready in the morning. I'm listening to, to stuff and I'm like writing stuff down. Like we could beat any, da, 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 da. I would even write down recipes like, oh, I got to do more magnesium and more of this and that, you know, and that way I kind of had it in front of me all, all the time. And so um, what I was doing was priming my mind and keeping my mind in shape. And maybe some people already do this, right? And maybe some people have never done it, right? One thing's for sure is that when I commit to something, I commit with both feet, right? Um, I'm a burn the ships kind of guy, right? So I made this decision that I'm going to change the way I think about myself. And then I made sure to put atomic habits in place, right? Grouped habits, right? Like, if you're going to juice every day, then you need to put your blender by the fridge, right? Like if those two things are miles apart from each other, it, it's going to be so frustrating to like try to make your juice every day. So coupling habits, right? By writing on my mirror in a place that I look every day, I was forcing myself to see the positive thoughts I had yesterday. So when I would get into the sauna or I'd wake up in sort of a foul mood, just feeling a little bit like off and like today sucks. There's my bathroom mirror. There's my sauna door with like, you're enough, you're worthy, you're valuable. Not every day is going to be perfect. And it's like, let's go. I love it. I love it. Having that positive mindset, having those affirmations, the things we say to ourselves are extremely important. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I tell you, Owen, as I sit here, it's, <laughs> each time you call me again, I'm in deep thought about the things that you're saying. It's important. And for those, those that are listening, if you listen to what Owen was talking about, being able to, being able to change your mindset to, to, the, to the things that you're saying to yourself are extremely important. Because a lot of times the things we, how we talk to ourselves is not necessarily in a loving way. Yeah. You know, we, we, we are down on ourselves. Yeah. And, and this, is, this is something that we developed over the years. So now as an adult, and you listen to Owen, he started to change that. He started to work on the things that he said to himself. All of that helps with how you view the future. It helps on how you view yourself. It helps on how you are going to be positive through this journey. So, Owen, thank you. Thank you for that and helping us to see how this transformation, how you were developing, hey, I am going to get through this. I am going to work on this. And then the routines that you put in place. Yeah. And, I, I, and I'm saying this for the listeners, right? Recap it a little bit. You hear his routine, how he was drinking his coffee and reading his Bible. And then 
putting these affirmations on the, on the mirror. It's a process. Yeah. So, so the baby steps, Owen, is what I hear you saying. You've taken these baby steps that lead you to the place that you need to get to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like building like a Lego or a walkway, you know, like I'm working in my garden a lot. Some I never did before. And I'm building a walkway. And it's like, when you look at, I got to build the whole walkway. It's overwhelming. But when you get out there and you're like, I'm going to put one step in today, you know, and it's, it's like, that's just what you do. So when I look at my yard, what I see is not this big walkway. I actually see only like half a walkway now. And, and pretty soon it's going to be three quarters of a walkway then one quarter, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you're not trying to beat cancer like the whole time, right? That's your ultimate goal. That's your Lord of the Rings mission, you know, but today you're going to work on the way you talk to yourself, you know, and that's what you're going to work on today. And it's like all of these things accumulate into what I believe will one day be um, a cancer-free diagnosis. For, for the people listening, I got my cancer-free diagnosis. I did these things for two years. And, and really, it took almost two years to get a cancer-free diagnosis. But the funny thing is, is I stopped getting tested. Um, and the reason my, my son, I'm not recommending that, but I was like, my, I'm, so, I'm healthier than most anyone I know. I have zero side effects. I'm not on any pills, right? Except for that blood thinner, which I've been on for years. Um, I was like, if I didn't know I had cancer, I wouldn't need to go get a test for cancer. So, so I'm just going to kind of wait until I feel like I need a test. And what happened was uh, one, of my, one of my holistic doctors um, snuck in a blood test. And I didn't know he was doing it because he knew I would have said no. Um, but he snuck in. A, we have a very good relationship. He snuck in a grail test. And, and he said, hey, he woke me up at 8 o'clock in the morning. I had a call with him. But he was like, hey, you got to get up and be at this call today. And um, he goes, look at this. And he put on the screen cancer free, right? No cancer signal detected. So uh, I, I got that test, that cancer free test. And I believe that that a, the big game changer was how I viewed myself and, you know, like recognizing like keto vegan is going to be hard, like eating kind of sucks uh, when you're doing natural stuff. Um, it can be real boring, but it's like, I'm worth it. I'm, I'm worth this boring meal, like my life and having grandkids um, and, and being around for them and for my wife, it's worth it. It's worth having just an artichoke tonight. So, you know, it is, it's, it's the way that you think is so is pivotal. That's what I was going to say, Owen, the mindset, right? Because who wants to have some food that's boring? Who wants to have food that is just bland, you know, and, and when you have so many other options, right? We've learned all of these options over the years, but what you said is that I'm worth it. So how do you, how do you get through that period? Right. Because, oh my God, I have to, I have to have this. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you have to say I'm worth it. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it goes back to those atomic habits, right? Um, it is incredibly challenging to avoid cookies when there's cookies in the house and when kids are eating cookies all day long. And when your wife is eating cookies, right? Um, but if there's no cookies in the house, it's, it's, it's a much, it's much easier. So we went through sort of a process of this is what dad is doing. 
um, to this is what this is how we live, right? Um, and what I've seen is is a complete transformation in the way that my kids live, right? And and all of this goes back to the theory of cancer, right? Um, there there are two competing philosophies. Number one, that cancer is a genetic disease. Uh, requiring genetic solutions like chemotherapy and radiation. Now, the problem with this thinking is that it's not working, right? Like chemotherapy and radiation, nationwide global statistics, right? They're more unfavorable outcomes than favorable. And when we add in like all the sub side effects and stuff, like we've got to ask ourselves, is this really the best way? Now, the metabolic philosophy says that cancer is... Um, uh, a disease of the mitochondria, right? It's a it's a mitochondrial deformation, which is affected by a number of, of things, right? It's basically what's coming into the body and how it's being processed and how it's coming out. Now, when we when we start on that path, right, you start on this path of I should be eating healthier. Now, every cancer is different. Like some people may want to do a keto thing. Some people may want to do a plant-based thing. So what I did is I looked for cancer survivors in my cancer, right? That was key for me. And I found uh, a cancer survivor because there's no surviving, nobody, man. Um, but I found one uh, and she had done a keto vegan diet and um, she had been able to uh, go, stage four terminal diagnosis to still alive today. Right. So I, I just began a keto vegan diet like right then and there. And my family at first was kind of like, this is what dad is doing. Um, but a, I didn't know anything about how to eat keto vegan, right? Keto vegan means no carbs, no sugar, no fruit. Um, and yet vegan. So it's like plant-based, right? Um, not only that, you're, 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 you're striving to get into a place called ketosis. So this, this needs, it requires some physical activity, get, you got to measure your GKI. I'm testing my blood all the time. Like, and I, I, I loved the diet. It was the best thing for me. It was very, very challenging. And, and I remember one day, like in the living room, just crying. And I'm just, I mean, I'm down 50 pounds, dude. And I'm like crying, like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm eating the same thing every day. And, and it was like two things, man. It, it was, it was just driving me nuts. Um, but was I feeling better? Yes, I was. My symptoms had gone away. And this was the, the challenging part. It's like, well, why do it? It's like, because my symptoms went away. The myasthenia gravis. Remember I told you I couldn't even hold my hands up in church. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't hold a pen. Um, I couldn't type at a keyboard. Like I would type at a keyboard five minutes. And then it's like, I can't explain. An MG person knows. Like it's, you're just exhausted. Um, so it, that went away. Um, from plant-based eating. And so I wanted to keep going, but I didn't know how. And so that's when my wife got involved. And that's when she's like, okay, like we're going to eat and we're going to eat a better diet with you. So we got rid of all the distractions in the house. We had a bag of white sugar. We had a bag of white flour, you know, in case we wanted to bake or make cookies, right? These are like the fun joys in life. It's like no more. We replaced it. So we call it remove and replace, right? So we removed um, the, the bad stuff and we replaced it with stuff that we, we could eat. So we, we got keto baking stuff. Now we didn't make keto cookies every day, right? Like that's against it's, they're not even all that healthy, but they're a nice little treat, right? Um, we replaced like our pantry to this day is like, a, it's pretty empty. It's really just got like beans and lentils in it. 
Um, the refrigerators stocked up with fresh, good food. Um, we eat it. We only eat corn chips. You know, sir, we changed our diet. You know, there's no doubt about it. But the reason that we changed our diet, okay, is because we believe in metabolic health, right? We believe that that cancer, like, yes, there's some genetic factors in cancer. I don't think we can deny that. Um, and I can't deny that I've seen chemotherapy help um, some people. I've seen more people hurt by it. But I'm not a doctor. I'm not in a place where I'm going to say one or the other, right? I'll tell you this. If you're getting chemo, you're going to do much better if you're eating well. And, and if you're, if you're encouraging your body to detox and if you're fasting, right, like you're, you're, you're going to come out of it healthier than when you went in. So not only that, but like we started learning about boxed foods and we started learning about sort of like processed foods and plasticides and certain gummies and, and, and things our kids were eating. And it's like, you know what, like, what if we just use this opportunity to adopt like a healthy lifestyle for the family while dad takes on like an advanced degree in, in, so that's what happened is the whole family started eating better. Um, we started planning more. So it was like learning that we didn't need food 13 times a day. The average American eats 13 times a day. Um, we didn't need to be grazing. Um, we were happier when we didn't eat fast food. My family as a whole, we have had fast food once and it was on Halloween and it's part of like a tradition that like Halloween's the day, but like we go on trips, right? We drive to California and the kids know like we're going to eat healthy foods along the way. Like they don't think of them like healthy foods, right? They it's, it's just the foods we eat now. Um, and yes, was there a whining and cry? Yes, there was a whining and cry period. Um, but like at the end of the day, I want my kids to never get cancer, right? Oh, if your kids get cancer, they'll know how to beat it. Like, yeah, that's option number two. Option number one is that my kids are aware of circumstances that lead to cancer. They avoid those things. And that includes, you know, a diet of whole foods um, that, that has periods of intermittent fasting in between to let your gut heal. So you're not just like eating all day long, you know, like, so that there's, there's a whole process there. And I tell you, your journey, you're definitely walking us through it. I can see it, you know, changing your diet, changing your mindset, you know, coming out of depression, you know, yeah. getting all of that. You know, it's just, it's, I see, I see the journey. And a lot of times the people that are listening to this are going through that exact, exact journey. They're trying to yeah. get out of oh, yeah. that depression. They're trying to, they're trying to win. They're trying to live. Yeah. And they don't know necessarily how to go about doing that. So, yeah. You know, I, I I thank you so much for getting on here and, and sharing your story. What I like to say is, what is it about Owen today that's different than the Owen um, before the diagnosis? Yeah, man, that's so good. What a good question. Like, I, I'm a different person today. I'm the same person, but I'm a different version. I am a more elite version of myself today. Um, and um, I think that the core difference is I don't just believe in God, I believe God. I believe God when he says um, that if I take care of the sparrow, how much more will I take care of you? Like, I believe that. I believe that when, when the Lord says, I'll go before you, this does not mean that pain and sorrow will not come my way, guys. Like, I, I, had, I had so many other things that we didn't talk about today. Like, I, 
you know, like I'm getting better, I'm getting better. And then boom, doctor tells me I have a brain tumor, right? Boom, how do you deal with that? I cover this on my YouTube channel. I'll tell you this, it was not a brain tumor, it was a blood clot. And and it, it was part of the why I'm on a blood thinner today, right? And it's like, that didn't have to do with the cancer, that had to do with the radiation from like three years ago. And so like, you still like, I'm not in this place where, oh, like, because God's on my side, like, I'm not going to experience, you know, hardships. But I do believe that the Lord goes before me and prepares a path for victory, right? So like, no matter what happens, it's like, there's a path to victory here. And we've just, we're just going to walk through it, right? So that's a big difference in me is like, where I like my, my, um, my view of myself in, in terms of the greater role in life. Right. Um, but then also like how I view myself in my everyday life. Like I'm, I, I feel extremely um, blessed to be in a place with four, uh, you know, f- two, two, two arms, two legs, uh, a working mind, healthy kids. Um, like all of a sudden the things I have they're they're not just like, Oh, but I don't have a mansion or I don't have what that YouTuber has, or I don't have a car like that. There's a sense of just like gratitude of just like, wow, if I'm breathing another day, I must have had, there must be something God wants me to do today, right? There must be some kind of purpose that I'm supposed to serve today. And, and while I'm not perfect, I, you know, like I barked to my kids a couple of days ago, I was like yelling at my wife, you know, like, geez, like I'm still a work in progress. And here's the thing, man, like I'm not, I'm not trying to get anywhere. I still have goals. Don't get me wrong. We want to have a house in Costa Rica, you know, uh, like that's, we have goals, but I'm, I'm not living each day for some goal. I'm, I'm much more present in like just enjoying today, making time for my goals, right? Because we want to have forward movement, but making sure to play basketball with my son when he asks, uh, making sure that when my son wants to show me a video, I, I, I spend the time and put my arm on him and watch that video. When my, when my daughter uh, wants to um, go in the garden and plant to just stop what I'm doing and to take time and plant with her. And that has made my life um, so rich and worth it worth everything I went through with cancer. It was worth it. Love it. I love it. I love it all. And I mean, it's just, uh, that journey of that journey that you've gone through is really about that personal growth. It's a personal transformation. It's the, it's the mindset that had to change. I mean, all of these things as you go through cancer, right? I mean, this is the part that I hope people understand. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm not even speaking to the mic. I'm so caught up in in the <laughs> I'm so caught up in the in the story with you, Owen. This is the part I want people to understand is that it's just not about going and getting treatment because you have cancer. Now go beat that, get the treatments. You miss if you if you do that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not here to talk about there's something wrong with that. But what I'm saying is when you get diagnosed, most of the people that I've had on this show, it's about personal growth. It's about looking in the mirror and a lot of things who we were before change. And that's why I asked that question. It's like the person who is in front of me today, how is that different than the person that before he got diagnosed? 
and then your gratitude and everything you talked about and your kids and just waking up with a sense of purpose, that part. And so for anyone listening, you've been diagnosed and you're going through it, you know, don't shy away from that part, who you are inside and what you fear and the things that you say to yourself and your mindset. Look at those things. Look at the people who are around you, the people who are in your circle. Are they encouraging you or are they bringing you down? All of these things play a role on your success, not just in beating cancer, but your success in life. So we want to make sure that we give you all the tools to empower you so that you can be successful in all aspects of your life. You know, this is just not about uh, cancer in a sense. This is about, yeah, cancer, but diving into your lives, right? So, Owen, thank you so much for that. I really, I really appreciate you. Is there something that you want our listeners to know that they can walk away from? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You know, like, I love what you just said. Um, Don't live for cancer. You know, like, you got to have meaning and purpose in your life. And that's why you're going to beat cancer, right? Um, you can't just be living to beat cancer, you know? Um, and here's what I say to everybody, right? Um, cancer is beatable at any age and at any stage. And I believe that with all my heart, I do, cause I've seen it. Um, I've seen, um, 82 year olds, um, beat breast cancer with intermittent fasting. You know, um, and I'm talking about breast cancer that came back. You know what I mean? I was a client of mine, just an amazing woman. Um, and, and I've seen kids, um, um, get sent home. I, in fact, I was at a conference and this woman stopped me and she goes, she goes, you're Owen, right? And I go, yeah. And she, she's like, my son follows your cancer journey. Anyway, they, they gave him chemo and he like, you know, for a year or whatever, he's 10 years old, eight years old. Um, and cancer comes back, lymphoma. And they're like, we're done. There's nothing we can do for him. They sent him home to die. That's when she started doing the keto diet that she found from, from me. And he's alive and well to this day. And he's getting better and better and better. It's not cancer free. I don't want to promote that, but he's getting better and better, right? Like they sent him home to die. He hasn't done chemo in two years. And he's, he's doing great. Um, you know, and, and I know it's dark and I know it seems depressing, but, uh, your life is worth living. And, and if you don't believe that, if you're like, no, no, I've reached my peak. Um, look like it's not true. You, you got some, you're thinking of yourself improperly, right? Like you've got something to live for. And this big, this trial in front of you, this, this cancer, this is like how you get to it. This is like, the journey that you go to go through that turns you into the beast that can conquer anything. And uh, like, if you be cancer in your life, wow. like what else is hard? That part. <laughs> if you be cancer, what else is hard? I love that. Owen, oh, appreciate you so much for joining us here on all talk oncology and uh, such a blessing to have you on the show. And I know this episode is going to empower so many people. And so I hope you take the gems that Owen has given us today and utilize them along your way in your journey. Owen, as I say in every single episode, 
We're not alone in this. We're in this together. This is Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. Your Cancer Guy. And until again, we're out. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.